Today's podcast is brought to you by Unicorn.com, the premier esports betting site. Log on today to bet on your favorite games like League of Legends, Counter-Strike Global Offensive, basically any esport you can come up with for the chance to win awesome prizes like the Logitech G633 headset that I'm using right now. Enjoy the episode. Hello, Internet. This is Chase Redshirt King Wassener. I am the Editor-in-Chief and Analyst for Imperial Esports, and welcome to another very special edition of the Rough Drafts Guest the Line podcast. It is week eight of the European LCS. We are at the point where Esportspedia lists their tiebreakers, and I can spend a lot of hours trying to figure out exactly how many things need to go right for Rockat to avoid relegation games. Spoiler alert, it's a lot. But that's fine because I am joined here on the other line by my good friend and writer for Slingshot Esports, Walter C80's Fedchuk. Walter, how are you doing, man? I am I'm doing pretty well. I'm I'm on the Esportspedia page and I'm not seeing where the tiebreakers are, are like what needs to happen for that. You need to go to their Twitter. They retweeted it. I retweeted it. It's a very fun tiebreaker thing. I don't know exactly it. where it is on the page. But basically, it's the same scenario we painted last week where Splice has to lose to everyone but Elements this week, and then Rocket needs to beat Origin and Giants. And then it's fine. Oh, and also Elements has to lose every game but one. Actually, no, they have to lose every game. Like, oh, no, three-way tiebreak. Either way, moral of the story is it's not going to happen, but I'm going to dream. We're going to move on to things that have actually happened, which are three teams we're going to be very excited to talk about today. And the first one is G2 which I find just fascinating as a top team. They're right now tied for first at 11-3. and three. Emperor was the MVP last week with a 5.4 KDA on that very strong Lucian pick of his. But at the same time, Walter, I'm not feeling as excited about this team as I was even just a couple weeks ago. What are you feeling about this team now that we're getting closer and closer to the playoffs? Well, I think that as we're, we're getting into the playoffs, it's become very apparent over the last two weeks, um, the two weeks before for this, you know, sort of IEM Canavise bye week, is that it's a three-horse race in Europe. It's a three-horse race, uh, and it's not very close. Fnatic and Origin played decently at, at IEM. Fnatic obviously making it to the finals, but I don't think they stand a chance against the other three teams, which are Vitality, H2K, and G2 Esports, and I think they all have criticisms and weaknesses that you can touch, and the problem with with G2 is that if they don't get their aggression out, and if they don't, you know, set that tempo, and and Trick isn't able to control the enemy jungler, and control the mid laner, and you aren't getting perks ahead, and you aren't getting kickus ahead, then they kind of pull back and they don't really know what to do they they've you know they've tried multiple things of you know okay well we'll just play super super passive and and hope that our skill can carry us through into the late game or kick us can split push or they've tried the other of okay well let's just keep ramming this aggression into them and hope that they make a mistake you know so it's very interesting to watch them and i think part of their problems are now that teams have seven weeks of film essentially and kind of have viewed the jungle paths that Trick likes to take and are slowly figuring out little things to do here and there to counteract them. 
Yeah, no, I think that's entirely true. And if you look at how Elements drafted in their game against them, the first game of the week for G2, I think it was very clear that teams are honing in on this. It was a first round Graves and Corky to prevent a lot of damage on that end. Uh, and then they had the Zillion pick, which was a great last pick. It's a great way to mitigate any early game pressure that you want to put on a team because you can just bring the target that gets nuked down back from the dead. And that's really how Elements managed to keep this game as close as it was. If you look from the 20th minute on, there was basically one fight that went in G2's victory and everything else was Elements dictating the pace. And some of this was playing around the lane pushes that were available. I don't think that G2 split pushed all that effectively this game. But you also had a team in this Gragas and the Poppy. You know, they were going to be great when team fighting rolled around, but it wasn't the same level of skirmishing necessarily. Uh, they needed to manage things a little bit easier. They couldn't just catch one guy out because, again, Zillion gave you that get out of jail free card. But at the same time, we say this. And then their second game of the week happened against Origin, and you might as well have forgotten that there were ever any difficulties at all because of how the team was able to coordinate around Origin's weaknesses. What do you think was the biggest difference between what we saw against Elements and what we saw here in a much more resounding victory? I think that most of what you can attribute in the game against Origin was G2's ability to uh, pick on Soaz. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know the story with Soaz is just we've been beating it like a dead horse, much like the rest of his career, and it, it it's unfortunate because he played okay at IEM. That's been the story. He shows up one game, he doesn't show up another game, and, and G2 took advantage of that. They had a very good matchup in the Fiora versus Quinn, and they were just able to snowball that, and there was at no point that Soaz could ever try and set up a split push, so then you have this team comp that has no tank outside of a support Nautilus, and you're trying to protect a, protect a Kog'Maw with a Quinn and a Diddly, like, that's just never gonna happen. Mm-hmm. So G2 really understood what Origin wanted to try to accomplish. They understood Origin's win condition, singular win condition, and took it to that win condition, and absolutely took one of the characters out of the game in, in its entirety. So I think it was just G2. This was a really smart, cerebral G2 game where they were able to put their foot on Origin's throat and just steadily squeeze until they won the game. Yeah, and this is where I find G2 so fascinating because when they draft like this, it really did feel like they were baiting Origin into a very particular style of composition. You know, by getting the Fiora and Gragas on the second rotation, leaving up the Nidalee, they basically ensured that there was not going to be much of a front line. They begged Soaz, here, take the skill matchup, take Quinn into Fiora, because then you're not going to have any tanks left over to protect this Kogma. You're not going to leave up the Nidalee for Trick. That would be insane. And so they really just put G2 in a position where they were always going to be able to play the kind of game they wanted to play. And the fact that Soaz tilted as hard as he did and made it easier... To me, it's almost irrelevant because across the board, I mean, they were able to pick on the bot lane quite a bit. Mithy had six deaths here. That's never what you want from what should be a very tanky Nautilus with tons of CC. It was really just a commanding victory from start to finish from G2. And it really did come down to that strategic elements of just being able to 
pick a composition that dictated the pace that forced the enemy into their weak points and took advantage of it. But now that we're getting closer to the playoffs, Walter, it's time for us to start asking questions like, is that sustainable? Can G2 continue to play that way and catch their opponent unaware? Or are teams going to start being able to make some serious headway going forward? The number one seed is going to be probably the the most important thing coming out of the regular season for Europe. Mm-hmm. Whoever has that number one seed is going to dodge you know, the other two until the finals. Two, you know, two of these three teams are going to be playing against each other in the semifinals. Right. And I think for G2, it's most important for them to dodge that team in the semifinals so they can work up some sort of tricks. You know, maybe it's a Udyr, maybe it's a Shaco. I, I don't know, but kind of pull some of that that spicy flair that Kikis had on Unicorns of Love. And, and Trick was, you know, Trick came out and he played that Udyr like what? I think it was week three. Where he just like came out of nowhere and we're like, oh, why is he playing Udyr? Like, oh, you know, I think it was against H2K. Mm-hmm. And, you know, things like that. And if they have to play a semifinal game against, two, you know, one of the other top three teams in the region, it's that many more games that you have to prep for. I would assume that that semifinal series between two of these three teams is going to go to five games. So you have to assume, okay, that's four or five games of strategies that we're going to have to show people because there's no way that you're going to beat H2K or Vitality with one strategy three games in a row or right. four games in a row. You know, All these teams are so incredibly smart from their coaching staffs to the players themselves. So you're talking about three, four, maybe even five strategies you're going to have to pull out in the semifinals and then have another set of strategies ready for the finals so i think for g2 they can't take any breaks here they can't say okay you know we qualified we're good we're in the playoffs whatever when most people thought they were going to be you know six or seven seeded coming into the season they need to keep up the pressure and they need to make sure that they secure that number one seed so they don't have to play against h2k or vitality until the finals yeah and i think we're gonna find out a lot when g2 plays vitality on day one of this week This is going to be when we see if G2 has the ability to overpower these guys and fight for the top speed. Because basically, if G2 loses that game, the one seed is practically out of reach. From what they've done so far, they're 1-1 against H2K. They would be 0-2 versus Vitality if they lose this one. That would pretty much be the end of their chances to be the one seed. And they have to be aware of it. I am expecting them to bring out all the stops in this game try to make this work out. It is obviously on 6.4, which is going to make a big difference to see how teams have adjusted to the meta. Lucian is not nearly as strong as it it was, and some of the tanks are a lot stronger than they used to be on the top lane. These are things that could hamper G2, and it's going to be really, really interesting to see if they can bring that same kind of strategic understanding to this week's games and ensure that they can still be in the running for the top seed as we go into Week 9. But we're going to go into the second team of the week, the Unicorns of Love. Lulex, their new jungler, we knew this was going to change how they looked, how they felt as a team. It certainly changed the way they played in both of these games. And in game one against Rocket, it seemed to go very poorly, very quickly. Walter... How would you best describe the Lulex effect? Because obviously, if you look at a line like 0-2-8 in Game 1 or 0-1-13 in, in Game 2, he doesn't look like a bad player, but there are impacts outside of whatever stats you'd look at. So how would you describe that right now? 
So Lolex has, has never been this super early game aggression guy in terms of you're going to get a lot of kills in the early game. He's going to create a lot of pressure on the map from, from ward control, from invading, from just poke his nose into a lane, force the laner to back off, and then you know walk away and go do something else. It, it's very different than the other three junglers that they've had this year in Rudy, Joko, and, and Diamond Prox in terms of they are super aggressive. I want to fight. I want to get first bloods. I want to just get my lanes ahead in, in pure kills and pure upfront gold. Where Lolux is more felt on, you know, getting one or two CS here because all of a sudden he shows on a ward in top side and now the top laner has to back off slightly because he's been overextended. Little things like that. He's pretty good at controlling the the overall objectives and, and setting up vision well ahead of when you want to take a dragon or you want to take a Rift Herald or, or a Baron. It's just a very different play style. And now this team goes from being this super early kind of aggressive team to they feel a lot like H2K last year where it's very passive, very controlled macro-rotational play over the course of the game. And I, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I'm not sure how well it matches up against the other teams. I think Unicorns is still at, at that tier two, where they can't break into those top three teams. I just don't think they're quite good enough. And now with this Lolex change, this allows you know more a more aggressive jungler and like Spirit for Fnatic to get more of an advantage in the early game. It now allows origin to use sort of their experienced macro play to contend one-on-one with unicorns love where earlier in the season it was just you know diamond prox was just trying to get you know roll over everyone and get an advantage or joko or rudy so i need to see a couple more games for them before i have a really good understanding of where they are i I just i'm just not sure what i think of this team whether i think they're any good or not and I think that's fair after one week where they lose to Rocket and beat Splice. I don't know if either of those games tells us anything. I will say the game one, we really saw where Lulex punishes you and that they didn't have an early game play that really punished the Corky pick. Corky got to his mid-game power spike, Betsy made the most of it, and that was GG. Uh, it, it really did feel like the old... Unicorns of Love would have played around that better, would have tried to put more pressure on him early, would have done everything in their power to keep that pick down. And Lulix just isn't that guy. He's happy to wait until team fights. He's happy to wait until he finds something in which he sees an advantage for this team. And it just didn't appear here. And that's the thing. When he when he gets the opportunity, like he did against Splice, where obviously they were able to play a slower game, they were able to let the Victor and the Callista be the big scaling threats, then it's fine. But when his lanes need more early pressure and he can't provide that, that's a significant problem for them right now. And what that says to me is that this team is really going to rely even more than it has so far on Fox and Steelback. These are two carries who I think we could both agree have made huge leaps from where they were this time last year. Both of them have emerged into quality players at their position. But Walter, I have to ask, do you think it is enough to make up for the deficiencies in terms of the early game that Unicorns of Love now have? I I guess it depends on what, what you think, like what you want making up to be. Do you mean, are they going to win Europe? No, I don't think there's a chance in hell anybody other than H2K, Vitality, or G2 in this split is it that you know they get into the semifinals and they're going to get some some points and they can go into the summer split maybe getting 
Diamond procs back, maybe adjusting their play style to fit with Lolex. Yeah, I think that they're, you know, they're going to do pretty well. They're going to get their points and they need to start looking towards summer of, okay, now how do we get into the world championship picture and building on the, on the growth that Steelback and Fox have had and, and visit, I mean, the, the entire roster outside their jungle position has grown admirably from where they were at the end of last split. I remember in the offseason, we were calling for Vizichachi and Hillasan to be replaced. And, you know, they've been some of the best in their positions now. And, and Fox and Steelbeck were in Challenger, essentially. They, you know, the failed SK you know, team that Fox had a terrible summer split. Steelbeck didn't do great when he went over into the Challenger series in North America. And they've all redeemed themselves. And I think now is just continue building these next couple of weeks and into the playoffs so that when summer hits, you're in a position to now contend for that automatic qualification by winning the summer split. Yeah, and I agree with you wholeheartedly on this. And here's the fun fact. Steelback has the highest KDA amongst AD carries in Europe. I, I This is one of those things that's really snuck under the radar. I made a comment, I believe it was on the last European preview podcast, that I think he's the second best AD carry in Europe right now. He has mm-hmm. the second most kills. He doesn't die all that often. His positioning's been great. I really, really like what the guy's become. And even Fox, he has the fifth highest KDA right now. Only Nuke Duck, Forgiven, Perks, and Ryu have done better. And that's a really great list to be a part of right now. That means that they are definitively a top half of the bracket team. And I don't think Lulex changes that. And I guess that's really what it comes down to at the end of the day. is Does Lulex take enough away in terms of the pressure that they were used to in the jungle that it's going to take away from what Steelback and Fox have grown into? I I don't think so. I think those guys have proven themselves on an individual basis more than enough to believe that they are going to be able to adjust to this new play style. And, you know, for Fox and Steelback, that might even be in the long run an improvement for them because that's how most of their previous teams played. That's something that they are used to and can maybe benefit from since they've made all these other leaps. The key is going to be in the the speed to which they make that transition. I agree with you, it's not going to happen in spring. But by week four or week five of summer, they've got to be firing on all cylinders, Mm -hmm. or things get very rough very quickly. And I don't think they want to be looking for another jungler this time next split. I'll put it that way. Steelback has the highest KDA in Europe. Yeah. Outside of Lolex. Who's played two games. Exactly. So, it's That's pretty impressive. Really good. He's a really, really good AD carry. I really like impressive. him. But you know who I like more? Tabs and then Rocket coming away with a victory against Unicorns of Love. The hype is so real. We're now called only... Called it. We did call it. It was one of our three smart money bets, which we'll get to later. But this is a team that has always been kind of interesting in that Betsy's really good, and the rest of the team, eh. But ever since they made the switch to Noxiac, all I needed was that one amazing Bartle, and I'm all in. (laughs) Walter, am I allowed to have faith here? Am I allowed to believe that this team could pull off the miracle run and find their way out of a relegation spot? I mean, you're you're, you're banking on other people kind of helping you along here, which I, I... There's too much that has to go right for them to avoid relegation. I don't think that's the case. But I do think they keep their spot in the LCS next split. Hmm. I think they would win in relegation. I think Betsy is probably the best player uh, when you're looking at the the potential relegation teams in, in 
well, we're not going to include Giants at this moment because we have no idea how their Koreans are going to work out. But if you look at all the challenger players, I think Bensley's the, you know, the number one player out of all this talent pool of players. And he's shown he can dominate laning phase, not only in the farm, but also uh, controlling the enemy laner and killing them and forcing them to go back and have these terrible, you know, item buy timings. So I'm really excited to see them uh, another split. And the, the pickup of tabs and then Noxiet has created this bot lane that can now give them that secondary carry behind Betsy. So Betsy doesn't have to 1v9 the entire game. Airwalks has continued to improve from where we've seen him and splits past that he's, again, he's that the jungle gravity that they love to talk about on the Riot esports broadcast, that he is, he is working with Betsy. He's making sure that Betsy gets ahead and Tabs and Noxiac are able to 2v2 or 2v3 or play safe or control lane swaps or all these things by themselves without having to have Airwalks in their pocket. And Freddy's Freddy. Consistent tank player. I've been more surprised that they put him on a bunch of like split pushing kinds of champions. They put him on Graves, they put him on Fiora, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I think they just need to stick with the tanks, put him on the Ramus, put him on the Nautilus, put him on the Malphites, and let him be the meat shield at the front and have everything run through Betsy and Tabs. And I think they finally figured it out. It does seem like they've realized that they have two threats that you can build around. And the thing about tabs, people got mad at me when I wasn't as excited about tabs coming in as I could have been. But tabs is a very solid AD carry. He's not going to be the best AD carry. He's not going to be the worst AD carry. And when you pair him with someone like Noxiac, who I believe has a very high upside, he needs to be played in a particular lane. And obviously that's not the way Fnatic wanted to play the bot lane. But he has the ability to really grow into a high-quality player. I think his bard showed that. I don't think his Alistar was the best viewing of that, but I think there were other problems with that game that we're going to get into in a second. But I, I do think that Airwalks is one of the most funny players to me in all of the LCS because you can basically summarize him in two stats. Uh, number one, he has the lowest KDA amongst junglers that were not on Giants Gaming. In the European <laughs> LCS. Literally everyone else you can think about is above him. But he is the second highest in CS differential at 10 minutes. Taking out uh, junglers that have only played five games or fewer, he is the second best goal differential at 10 minutes. That is the most airwalk stat you're ever going to find. He farms, dude. It's not far, man. It's it's. Let's go for early plays, and then once the 15-minute mark rolls around, I have no idea what I'm doing. And that's the thing, you know, we look at this loss to, to Rock at, and it did feel like Airwalks was out-jungled, Betsy got caught out way too many times, and Noxiac wasn't able to be the hero that they needed. Now, obviously, Fnatic has played better than we thought they were as a team since we saw them at IEM Katowice right here. But at the end of the day, do you think that this Fnatic loss is just what happens when you play a really good team that has kind of figured out their identity at this point? Or do you think this is a strategic misstep in terms of how they decided to play this game that maybe could come back to haunt them going forward? I, I understand the concept about why they went with the Anivia. It's to, it's to protect the Kog'Maw 
it makes some some sense like in a vacuum, but it's one of the things I hate about TSM. You can't put your best player on low impact champions. Mm-hmm. And Anivia in this composition in, into what Fnatic has has as a composition is a low impact champion. For, you know, all five of the Fnatic champions can dash away from the stun, and the stun is not very like hard to dodge away from. And anyone with Two seconds worth of reaction time, essentially, can click their dash and get away from it. So then, you don't have the dash. You're relying on the wall and the slow field from, from her ultimate to control these team fights. And, again, you just dash around these things. Like, it's not that hard. So, while I understand the strategical decision of going with the Anivia, I, I don't agree with it. I think it was a it was a bad pick, and I think there were other things they could have done. I think they had enough of a frontline control team fight composition with a Nautilus, a Rexai, and a Alistar that they didn't have to go so all in on. Okay, let's just grab more utility. They could have gone and grabbed some more damage, accomplished things elsewise. Um, Victor would have been much better, I think, in this situation than the Anivia because mm-hmm. he has that same similar zone of control that the Anivia does but he deals more damage and it's more consistent and he's more of a lane bully and that was one of the problems was that Betsy couldn't bully Fabivin's Lissandra in the lane with an Anivia it was Fabivin that was constantly pushing him in and and forcing Betsy to play reactively instead of proactively Mm -hmm. because he's on such a limited uh, a limited champion in the you know the first six levels of the game so I think the execution on the strategy was pretty flawed just from that one champion pick yeah, and this is where, as a Rocket fan, I start getting very nervous because our last three coaches were Yamato Cannon, who we're now seeing on Splice, may not have been the best coach that people were building him up to be. Uh, I'm So Fresh, who was so good on our team that we fired him midway through the season, and now Grabs, who is coach number three, and I, I don't see any improvement in pick and ban at least right away i know the analyst is the same so maybe that side of things hasn't changed but i am concerned about where management is right now it is never a great sign when you are changing out coaches mid-season uh that's not a lot of time for players to get used to it it's not a lot of time to change the system the way you want but this is the upside as well for i am katavitsa they've now had Two weeks with the guy. He came in on the 24th when Noxiac came in. He's now had a significant amount of time to work with these guys, figure out their strengths and weaknesses, and plan accordingly. And if he does his job, then maybe they can surprise some people. Maybe they can take a couple wins that people aren't otherwise expecting him to take. And if they can grab two and get lucky with some other games, then Rocket has a chance to be going to the playoffs. And if they do, I guarantee you, I will be doing nothing else but making highlight reels of like the four or five games that actually were pretty okay from this whole season. Because I would want to relive those time and time and time again. But you know, Walter, I do have one problem with this, which is that I'm not really good at editing videos. I don't know if you know this. I haven't really done it in a while. So... I don't really know what I would do. The sad thing is neither have I, but I think we do know some people that can help us with that. That's true. We have been 
working with Vibby.com. They're a proud sponsor of this podcast, and they allow us to actually look like we know what we're doing with highlight videos. All you have to do is put in the time codes of your favorite VODs, whether it be of your streamers, of competitive play, even of your favorite team, if you go to their team page and share it with people in this whole community of highlight videos that is so much fun to be a part of. Uh, I know Imperial, we're working on getting a page for ourselves very soon, so you guys will be able to highlight all of uh, of Silphie's greatest stream moments. But more than that, it's just a great platform that allows you to interact directly with your fans, interact directly with your favorite teams, with your favorite players, and make highlight videos without having to put in all the time and effort of figuring out what the heck is going on with Adobe Premiere. So we cannot recommend this product more. Go to vibby.com today and start making your own highlight videos. And tweet them to us. We'd love to see what you guys come up with. I think that'd be really cool. But you know what else is really cool, Walter? This massive lead I have over you in our Guess the Lines challenge right now. I don't know how uh, how aware of this you are, but... I am currently ahead 11 to 2 in our guest the didn't, lines. Didn't challenge. I get swept last week? And, yeah, I got swept last week. You, there was a 10-0 so in well. Europe. It was not great for you. Uh, our smart money bets were also not as great. We basically picked three long shots to guarantee we had a profit, and that's exactly what happened. We got the Rockat plus 260 over Unicorns of Love, but we lost the splice bets. We had splice over Unicorns of Love and splice over Origin. We thought splice was going to go one and one. They did not which is great for me, but bad for our wallet. But it's okay because that plus 260 meant we made our money back and then some. So if you have bet on every single bet that we recommended, $100, you would have $687 in your pocket right now. It's free money, people. Just listen to the pod and take our advice. You know, if you've been listening to this pod long enough and you're not taking our gambling advice, I I don't know. I I mean, maybe you just don't like money as much as, as we do. But... These are our, our, our best picks, and we're going to go straight into this Or you don't matchups. live in a country where you could gamble. <laughs> I mean, that too, but then you get the unicorns, and you get to win all these raffle prizes. It can't hurt. It can never hurt. And the hurt. unicorn auction. Unicorn auction. Oh, of course. Like, just, I'm going to go sidebar right here. Me, as, as, as who I am, and answering the trivia questions that are on there all the time, I have like 4,500 unicorns, and last Thursday on their auction... They had uh, like a hundred point riot code. They had a AK forty seven skin for CS:GO. They had a skin for Dota. They had like all these cool things, and none of the auction bets went over five thousand unicorns. So if you've got this huge bank of unicorns because you've been listening to us and you've been gambling on all these, you know, esports, you gambled on IEM, you gambled on CS:GO, you're doing all great. Like, go check that out because it's pretty easy to get some of that stuff if you've got like this huge bank already set up so definitely go check out the auction that's only been up for a couple of weeks um but it's really cool i was i was sorely tempted to go for that ak-47 skin i'm, I'm just gonna say i was sorely tempted that it's completely reasonable there's a ton of fun stuff at unicorn it's why we love working with these guys it's why we're proud to be presented by these guys when we do our guest the lions pod let's get into the actual lines day one fanatic versus giants what a way to open the week man Fnatic coming off of IEM Katowice, Giants bringing in some random Koreans. Do, do you think that these roster changes do enough <laughs> to change how Giants are going to play this game? Uh, I'm not sure. Let's let's 
be honest, I'm not totally sure. Um, I'm really disappointed they got rid of Andre. Like, he was playing so well. And I, I don't understand that. But they bring in Smitty J, which uh, we'll see. It's going to be the battle of former Dignitas top laners against Gamsu. Wisdom is an okay jungler. I, I mean, he's okay. He's uh, Maybe we'll see some Evelyn finally. And then Sonstar, who who played for Incredible Miracle. And, uh, you know, there, there's this rumor about, like, I am players. Once they left Incredible Miracle, all of a sudden got pretty good. So... We'll see. I think it's a tall task against Fnatic that's coming off a top two placing at IEM Katowice. So I'm going to say Fnatic minus 225. Okay. You are way too low because they have no faith in the Koreans. For the record, Sonestar is going to be the next member of Skylar and my favorite game show. Are they bad or are they just on IEM? I, I tend to know where I lean on this. Wisdom was another guy in that game for the longest time. He was on the Tigers, and it turns out he just wasn't all that great. So we will see if it means anything. According to Unicorn, it doesn't mean anything because Ice guessed minus 600. It is minus 667, which, I mean, it's Fnatic coming off of IEM Katowice against a Giants team no one believes in. That just, Man, I hate these high lines. Okay. If it makes you feel better... There are not as many of them left as you might think, which actually screwed me over. I, I had a couple. This week was not great for me. But let's move on to game two, H2K versus Rocket. I'm not even going to try to convince myself that the upset is possible here. But check, check. Wait, another sidebar, Forgiven's back. Yeah, that's true. We don't know how long, but we have Forgiven back. So I'm going to treat every single game that Forgiven plays like with, with a certain amount of reverence that I didn't treat Diamond Proxes because I didn't know Diamond Prox was going to leave. Mm-hmm. So, forgiven, I am building the rest of my life around when you're playing, just so you know. So give me a show, buddy, please, because obviously you listen to our podcast. That's, I mean, how could he not? Can you exactly. give him a show against Splice? Like, I feel like that's fair. Still get a show. Too- nope, nope. Every game has to be a show now. <sighs> that's fair. <laughs> Honestly, I'm really glad that we're going to get a little bit more forgiven. It would have been such a shame for last week to have been the last time we saw him play. I don't know what they're going to be able to do as uh, an exemption after this. It really does feel like if he's not going to be able to go to Worlds, H2K is going to have to make a very tough decision in the offseason. Yeah, I, we'll, we'll, we'll find out what happens in the offseason, how yeah, long we have for. I don't envy it. Uh, I don't envy Rock out of this situation either. Where do you think the line is? I have it at H2K minus 350. Okay, you and I split this one. Hey! Because I also said minus 350. It is minus 667. It's an insult to Rock at. I want to be on the record. (laughs) That's an insult to Rock It's plus 500. Are you saying that it is as likely that Giants beats Fnatic that it is that Rock at beats H2K? Given Fair how enough. good Betsy Fair and enough. Tabs are playing right now, like it's just Fair enough. plus five hundred is insane. I, right, I but we don't know what the Koreans are going to do. Maybe the Koreans come in and it's not a miracle in a ringer situation. <sighs> I just don't think that HK wins this game like ninety whatever percent of the time that these odds are basically saying. I'm not. I'm saying that they are likely to win. I just don't think it should be that high. I, I would have like minus four hundred, minus four fifty would have seemed fair. Minus six sixty seven seems like a lot, but. 
I, I'm still not betting on Rocket. Let's be clear here. I just personal gripe moving forward. Unicorns of Love versus Origin. This one got interesting after Katowice. How do you feel about Origin after that event, by the way? Because I, I think I think worse of them than I did heading into it. I feel different. I don't think anything's changed in my interpretation of them. I feel a little bit better, of, a little bit better about Power of Evil, but not that, not much. Yeah. Soaz got punished hard, and it really did feel like against a TSM team that somehow managed to blow that game against Ever. Which have you seen that yet? No, because you promised me you would. I'm, ref- I- I'm refusing to. I'm refusing to. <sighs> you need I, to. I, I thought better about it, and I just I. I'm refusing to. It is one of the greatest moments in League of Legends history. I will stand by that till my dying day. It is one of the most hilarious games I've ever seen. But the more important thing to me is after TSM lost a game like that, the fact that Origin couldn't come up with a cohesive enough plan to to win that (laughs) best of three, that's a concern to me. You should not be losing to TSM in a best of three the way TSM is playing right now. You were a semi-finalist at Worlds less than a year ago. You know, I'm going to use my bleep. Get your shit together, Origin. Just, I, I'm tired of this. What do you think the line is? I have the line, Unicorns of Love minus 180. Okay, I get this one. You went too high. What? I said minus 150. It is minus 118. Origin is minus 111. I think we found a smart <sighs> money bet. God damn it. No, it was supposed to be higher. It was supposed to be higher, so we actually made money on it, Unicorn. Come on! Why? You wanted to take Origin in this? Oh, I would have. T- yeah, I was still going to take Origin. Why in the world would you take Origin in this game? Because I don't trust Lolex. I don't trust Origin! I don't trust Origin. Lolex to win two games a, a week. Bench the French. <laughs> That's I'm I'm all in on all the Twitter the Twitch games. The French. It's uh forget the baguette. That was another good one. I, there were a lot of great ones this week, man. I maybe in the off season, but they can't now. They're, oh, they're stuck with. Oh, they're not doing anything now. I don't think they will. I I don't think Xpeke would ever bench Soas. But the moral of the story is, I you cannot convince me to bet on Origin in this game. I don't care. Okay. I don't. I don't think this team plays team fights well enough. Fair yet. enough. Vitality Fair versus G two game of the week. This game should be so good. What do you think it comes down to at the end of the day? Who pushes the te- like who controls the tempo? Mm-hmm. That that's what I think it comes down to because I think these two two teams are on the opposite ends of the spectrum. Vitality wants a very slow, methodical, controlled game. Very slow, very you know, they want their frenchmen to be able to, you know, how they say duel in the top lane. And G2 is the opposite. They want to just push the tempo. They want to go fast. They want to be constant, full-out press, constantly up in Shook's face, up in Nuke Duck's face. They want Cabochard to just be like, oh, sacre bleu, you know, whatever. (laughs) Whatever. I'm probably offending a ton of French people. I apologize. But I think that's what it comes down to is who controls the pace more. Is the hare going to win or is the tortoise going to win? And I think the tortoise is the favorite. I have Vitality at minus 150. First of all, I love that you took a really terrible French accent and segued it into an Aesop's Fable reference. That's why you keep me around. It's absolutely why I could never do this podcast without you. Like, this, this is the reason. These are the moments that we need for this show. Oh, my God. What did you say your line was? I missed it. I was just so tossed up by this 
French accent here. I'm going with the French organization Vitality at minus 150. Okay, you get it. I said uh, <laughs> I said minus 170. I was too high. It's minus 125. That's pretty fair. It's incredibly fair. It's like disturbingly fair. Because that means G2 is minus 105. You are gambling on this game. No, of course not. Why, okay, why would you gamble on a game that's going to be so much fun to watch? We said this last week. If the game is super fun, don't gamble on it. It's the same reason we said don't gamble on uh, CLG versus Immortals. Just don't yeah. do it. Enjoy sure. the game. It's going to be fun. Elements True. versus Splice. This is your game. This I know. is the one you need to know. This is the one you care about the most. I'm very upset with this line. I just want to be on the record now. Really? I don't want to... I, just, what do you think the line is? Because I think the line's more interesting than the game. I have it as a push. I have even odds. Why is this a push to you? I, I want... Like, what have we seen from Splice out of the last couple weeks that says, oh yeah, they're even with Elements? What That's have we a, seen from Elements that says they're any better than Splice? The fact that Elements right now hasn't lost a game to a team below them in the standings? I still think it's a push. I think I think Splice has a higher like level of variance. Like their their ceiling is higher, their floor is lower than Elements. I think Elements is very like even keel across the board. I don't know. I feel like there's a good game coming out of a Splice player, and I think it's going to come from Senkux. So, and I mean, if you can do it against anyone, it's going to be Ika. So, for the record, I'm just mad that you're correct. I just want to be clear on this. <laughs> I said Elements minus two hundred because Elements beat Splice whoa, the last whoa, time they played. Whoa. I don't see why. What has Elements ever done to deserve the odds to be that high? I don't know. How about they are one and zero against Splice and two and zero against Rockhead? And the last time they played Splice, they dismantled Splice. It wasn't like it was a close game. Yeah, that was early in the season, though. That was really that was like the second week of the season. Wasn't Splice it? looked so bad last week. Like Splice looked as bad as any team has looked in a week last week. It, it doesn't matter. I'm wrong. Apparently, they played against Origin and Unicorns of Love. Like, yeah, they lost to Origin hard. I don't think highly of Origin right now. That's really what it comes down to. That's it doesn't fair. matter. Uh, Splice minus one eighteen is the line, so you get that one. Elements minus one eleven, and I'm really mad about it because I don't want Splice to be favored in this game. I need them to win. Why are they favorites? Now that they're favorites, they're totally going to lose. I mean. If they were underdogs, then they'd have the nobody believes in this theory going for them, and that's what I'm banking on. I still don't think anybody believes in them, even though the odds are like that. You know, I don't th- think anybody believes in either of those teams. I think this is the opposite of what we just talked about with Vitality and G2, <laughs> where you just you don't bet on this game because then you have to watch it from start to finish. <laughs> and that just seems like a terrible idea to do to yourself. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to watch it because I get paid to watch these games, but you as a viewing audience, like, there's got to be a Netflix show that you could catch up on. Like, there's something out there. Elements versus I'll Splice be finishing is not Game be of Thrones. Uh, not Game of Thrones, House of Cards. That's what I'll yeah, be Yeah, there doing. you go. House of Cards is a good show. I've got to catch up on Jessica Jones. Like, anything other than watching this game from start to finish. But that puts us 3-3 three and three going into day two. So, maybe your comeback, man. It's... I actually haven't done the maths whether it's still in play or not, but we're going to pretend no, that it is. probably not. <laughs> G2 versus Giants Gaming. Uh, one of these teams is really good, and it's not Giants. Where do you think the line is? Uh, G2 minus 300. It's way too low. <laughs> it's way too low. I said minus 500. I was way too low. It's minus 833. Highest line of the week. 
So, so I have a question here, Chase. Yeah, you had your prediction of Fnatic at minus six hundred over Giants and G two at minus five hundred. Are you saying it's more likely that Giants beats G two than Giants beats Fnatic? Are you saying Fnatic's better than G two? I thought that Fnatic was going to get a bump because of IEM Katowice, and people love to overreact uh, to international competitions. That uh, was my thought. Is that it was just going to be one of those things where Fnatic was going to get a stupid bump, and to be fair. They pretty much did. I I still think that's ridiculous. That being said, uh, plus four fifty for Giants is still not something I would touch with a thirty nine and a half foot pole. Elements versus Unicorns of Love. This is another one of those. You know, if Unicorns of Love are going to prove that the Lulex era is worth it, they've got to take care of business here. Where do you think the line is? Uh, Unicorns of Love minus two hundred. Okay, I get this one. You were way too low. I said minus 320. It is minus 333. Okay. Which I think is very fair. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Elements plus 240 is kind of interesting. Kind of. The problem is I don't know what lane they win. Like, Ika's not beating Fox. No. Like, are are you going to keep Steelback back? With Mr. Rales? The thing is, like, Steelback and Rawls are very similar AD carries in that they don't want to fight early on. They both want to scale. Right. And they're very, like, safe. I hate using this phrase, but they skirt it outside the edge of teamfights and wait for their moment to strike. But Steelback does it better. With AD carries like that, I think he does it better because he has more to work with. I think his team sets him up better. Like, I, you know, you just said it right there. Fox is better than Ika, and that's because Fox... If you know Fox is a better player, and Fox is able to set up so much more for Steelback to accomplish than Ika can, so Do you feel better if I frame it as Spraddle versus Hillsang. Does that make you feel better about putting the bot lane significantly in uh, Unicorns of Love's favor? Mm, yes, that helps. Yeah, there you go. That helps. <laughs> Fnatic versus Vitality. I find this game fascinating. Basically, this is the test to see if I am kind of Vita actually meant anything. I'm not saying it did. We're a Western fan. They never beat anything except when we won last year. I know, I understand. But it, I, it's an international event. No, of course it doesn't matter. What? What? That's crazy. Here's the question. Do we get to see Jin again this week? I think we see him across the board. I think Fnatic proved that he's a good AD carry, and I think people put the time in in the, uh, in the bye week to learn him. Yeah, he's really good right now. Just really awesome, fun version of... Uh, same kind of Caitlyn potential where it's really good early, not so great in the mid game. Then you get that nice late game spike. Both of them obviously long range ultimates. Like there's just it, it works out very well. And I think with Jin, you just that guaranteed crit is just so nice, especially it's in the early really game. strong. It's really good. Um, where do you think the line is on this game? I have Vitality at minus two hundred. Okay, you get this one. I was yeah. too high. You're also too high, actually. I said minus really? 240. It's minus 143. I told you, the fanatic bump after I am Katowice, man. It, minus 143? Yeah. So that's plus 110 for fanatic. There's no value on fanatic There's there. none! I mean, honestly, I'm thinking the vitality minus 143 might be worth taking as a smart money bet. Because it's low enough, and I think vitality is a better team. Like I said, I picked the line to be 100 points higher, so there's value as far as I'm concerned. 
But we'll talk about it when we see the last couple lines. Uh, Splice versus H2K. Don't think there's much we need to analyze here. What do you think the line is? I know I'm too low on this. H2K minus 275. You are way too low on this, and that will give me the week. Yeah. So I go to 12-2 and overall on the season. I said minus 600. It's minus 588. Well... You know, we take one week off of guessing the lines, and you forget that high lines exist. I hate high lines. I've always hated high lines. But you know they exist now. Like, you, like we've done this for how many splits now? Like, I feel like adjustments are possible. I, I, I should be, but I just I don't <laughs> get the high lines. Because I'm always afraid I'm going to go too high. Like, what? At this point, I look at a high line, and I just go, like, I, I'm already at, like, 350. Like, how much higher can I go? And I guess I can go to 10,000, so yeah. that's what I'm going to do. I mean, don't go to 10,000, I would say, but like <laughs> 600 is, is a reasonable thing for a gap between these two teams, I think. So that's Splice mm-hmm. plus 380. I still don't take Splice there. That's kind of how mm-hmm. I, I end up viewing it. Rocket versus Origin. My heart is very much in this game because if Splice does ah. beat Elements, ah. this is the other game. This is the easiest way for Rocket to get the win that they need heading into their own game against mm-hmm. uh, Giants, which they also mm-hmm. have to win. Yeah. Give me my path to victory, Walter. Give me my hope so that it can be dashed expertly when the game actually happens. Uh, the better version that we've seen lately of Power of Evil is a fluke, and the Betsy and Nivea game was a fluke, and Betsy is one of the best midlaners in Europe. I do, I do believe that. All of this I, I believe to be true. And he's going to be a great mid laner for TSM next split. That's all I have to say. I, you're such a jerk. I, <laughs> here's what I'll say. Um, first of all, this is why you need to watch the Ever game, because then I could retort back 10,000 <laughs> gold lead, double of pentakill, still lose 4v5 fight at Baron Pit. You know, this is a sequence of events that happened, and unlike your theoretical here. But second of all, uh, the one concern I have is what you mentioned going into IM Katowice, where Origin sits every team down, and it's like, can you deal with a split push? And I think Rockcat's answer is, uh, what's a split push? And that's <laughs> and more because they have Freddy. And it's because they have Freddy! What if you ever said, man, Freddy really handled that split push well? When was the last time that phrase was uttered? We're going back to like late 2014 there. Yeah. And even then, split pushing was not his forte. Yeah, I am. Uh, He's I'm, split pushing with Mundo, which is you know. Yeah, that exactly. I am. I have concerns about this game, but I'm not. What do you think the line is? Uh, I have Origin at minus two hundred. Okay, I get this one. Eh, whatever. I said minus, I said minus two eighty. It is minus two seventy, which leads can I, me to. Can I tempt you? With what? Can I tempt you? You know with what? Rocket plus two hundred. Can I tempt you? Yes. Yeah, I'm in on that. Oh, okay. I there we go. I don't think Origin is very good. Like that's really what it comes down to. Until so, they get so here's coach. the thing, though. I think Origin wins one game this week. So do they beat Rocket or do they beat Unicorns of Love? I think of the two, they probably beat Rocket. Okay, but, but you're still I, okay gambling on this. Yeah, plus two hundred. I think there's value. Okay. I think that Origin's line is artificially higher than it needs to be because Rocket hasn't historically been great, but I'm banking on the idea that Noxiac and this new coach, Grabs, have had more time to assimilate together. 
can I convince you to take Vitality at minus one forty three against Fnatic? Is that too easy? I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd take that. That's a that's a very safe bet in my opinion. Yeah, just to give us something we can feel good about, because the last one we're going to have to take. I mean, I, I don't want to touch the Splice Elements game. I don't want to touch Vitality G two. I don't want to touch Unicorns of Love Origin. I, I mean, elements over Unicorns of Love. Potentially, I, that that would be the one. I think I'll, that's one? plus four, 240. That's our long shot of the week. That's our, I think, well, I think Rockhead beating Origin's pretty long shot too, but. Well, only, and only one of those needs to come through for us to have made our money but, back this but week. But we're like 650 in the plus, so like, let's do it. Let's and, do something crazy here. And I don't think it's that crazy. Unicorns of Love are a team that plays more passively. Elements does really well when you give them time to scale up. They don't do really well when you pressure them early, which Unicorns of Love can't do right now. Yeah, so, and I mean, do you really want to gamble against Steve? Against Steve! Steve! It is, it is amazing, <laughs> man. I, actually, I, I'll say this. I don't think there's been a team, or a player, I should say, that has gotten more hype for accomplishing less than the complexity <laughs> team that had all those fans back in 2014. <laughs> despite the fact that I they won like wards. three games. I would say wards. Ward killing, that's true. People wards. people are like, man, they did it in season two, and we're like, yeah, but that's that was an accomplishment back in season two. This is not that at all. It's it's a whole different world. And this was a whole different podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, obviously, you should subscribe to our podcast at soundcloud.com slash esports rough drafts or go to iTunes and search rough drafts on there and subscribe if you leave a review on either. Really helps us out. And you should go check out, I did an interview with Bishu and Kez yesterday that was posted up. Uh, at the time of recording, I have no idea whether they won their series against Ember or not. But the interview was fascinating. All the same, highly recommend it for you guys. You should follow me on Twitter, at RedshirtKing. I will be doing my best to live tweet throughout all of the European LCS action. Walter, where can people find you and your work? You guys can find me at C80s underscore LOL and at SlingshotEsports.com where you can find my written work. And I, I would just like to say congratulations to Riot Games for officially adding the S to games with their purchase of Radiant Entertainment and their title Rising Thunder. Uh, Rising Thunder will be discontinued, however, with the popular fighting game company, they will be working on a new IP. That's true, and I am very excited to hear about it. Though I will say, uh, I do find it upsetting that people are forgetting that Blitzcrank's Poro Rush was a game that Riot created. They already have games, people. And Cho'Gath eats worlds. Eats worlds. But that was a Flash game. Like this, like I think mobile games count. Whatever. Either way, shout out to that. I hope that the fighting game goes very well. I'm very curious to see what they do with it. I'm very curious to see how these games go. Uh, come back on Friday to hear us break down the North American lines. And until then, goodbye, Internet. <laughs>